Hello and welcome to Queens of the Drone Age. My name is Ray Johnston and joining me is my fellow queen, Amanda Yo. Hello, Amanda. Hello. That's me. I'm a fellow queen. <laughs> it's just the two of us for this episode. The two best queens. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the others that we said that. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> so I wanted to start by telling you about the new Sonos speakers that I've had my hands and my ears on for the last little while. Ooh, is this like the kind of funny shaped one that they just came out with? <laughs> it is a funny shaped one. Yeah. It kind of looks like modern art. It is curved and squished all at once. It's it's rather fun. Curved and squished. So like an hourglass shape? You know what? That is actually a far better description <laughs> than what I was attempting to make. There's actually two that I've been trying out and they are both in that era range. So there's the era 100 and there's the era 300. And the main reason why I was so keen to try these out, I don't know if you remember, but I've been really bitterly disappointed at how difficult it was, if not impossible, to get my Sonos system to play records from my Audio-Technica turntable. Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned this before. Yeah. I've mentioned this like daily for years. <laughs> I've been really upset about it. I had the worst time attempting to do it. You know, apparently you could just do it via Bluetooth. You had to do it with one of the speakers that would connect and then connect it with the system. And it was this whole difficult task that literally never worked. And I ended up just using an old speaker that I had in my shower to play my records through. And that's not what you should be doing with records. I've got a solution. Just use Spotify. No, stop it. <laughs> so I like putting a record on because it gives me a bit of a time frame. It's like something to punctuate the day and it kind of takes me back to when I used to play whole albums from beginning to end and you'd hear those intentional graduations through the songs and just how the whole album is cohesive all together and I don't know, it's got a real like beautiful nostalgic feel for me. I do love playing records. It's not so much about superior audio quality or anything like that. It's just, you know, I'm going to put a record on, play a side of it while I read, and when it's over, I'll get back up and keep going. It's just the physical feeling of actually putting the record on. Yeah, exactly. See, I've always been like a music goblin and <laughs> I will just pick and choose. Like even when I was a kid, it was always those compilation albums, the So Fresh, the Barbie Sleepover Party ones. Ah, uh, the 100% Hits Volume 13. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we expanded our musical genre repertoire knowledge back in the day. It's like, what is this song and why do I know every word to Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos? <laughs> I should not, as well as Jump Around by House of Pain, both on the same album. Where do you get that these days? Nowhere. <laughs> So that's one of the things that really drew me to these speakers is that they are straight up compatible with third-party turntables. And when I tell you it connects so beautifully and so simply and easily, I nearly cried because I spent so long <laughs> <laughs> struggling to just do this one simple task. And as soon as you've connected it via Bluetooth, you can share everything with all of the other Sonos speakers that you've got throughout the house. And you can 
can go, all right, well, I want to play this record in the bathroom and the bedroom and my office, but this room I'm going to have connected to Spotify, this room I'm going to have connected to Amazon Music, and it's all controlled through the same app. So it's really very, very simple and very easy to use and it actually works. I've never seen anything quite like it. (laughs) So wait, it's both the Sonos 100 and the Sonos 300 that can connect to the turntable? Absolutely. Yeah, both of them. So I've got the 300 sitting out next to the turntable itself. The 100 I ended up putting in Jess's office. So that's been playing some music in there. But either of them are both now able to communicate via Bluetooth properly to other Bluetooth devices. Whereas before it was kind of like one-way Bluetooth and you needed to connect through your phone. And obviously the Audio-Technica didn't have an app for me to use to connect it to the Bluetooth speaker. So I just had no interface to do this on and you just kind of had to hover it nearby and hope for the best. And it never worked. It literally never worked. But I'm so happy now. And honestly, you know, these speakers do sound fantastic. They are high-end speakers. They are not cheap speakers. You know, the era 100, so that's the little one, that's $400. And the bigger one is $750. So they'd want to sound good for this. But there's a few cool things that I really like about these speakers that define it as something that really is worth that high-end price tag. Okay, go on. So one of them is True play. That measures the acoustics of your room and adjusts the sound of the speaker accordingly. So it's got its like little own echolocation daredevil-esque ability to read the room and then put out the sound appropriately based on the shape of your room and how your room echoes. I feel like a lot of speakers do that nowadays. Yep, yep. But this is one of the ones that do it, which is good. (laughs) But also the 300 has spatial audio. So you've got six drivers in the speaker. They direct the sound left and right and forward and upward. And you basically, you select the track that you want to listen to. And if the track's available in Dolby Atmos, Sonos automatically plays that mix as well. But you've also got this spatial audio function that makes you feel like you are in the middle of the noise, no matter where the speaker is in the room, because it has tracked your room. It's real weird. It feels weird when you're in there. Wait, does all of this work with records though? Does it have to be a certain type of file that would have that data? It does have to be a certain type of device that you are using to get the music from. It can work with some records and some record players, depending on their functionality, but the spatial audio is mostly through streaming services. So there does need to be a streaming app that is compatible with the spatial audio to do it. So, you know, Amazon Music can do it, you know, Apple Audio can do it. Basically any of the big popular streaming music services do have have a spatial audio option for some of their music. There's actually a a playlist that Sonos puts together with some recommended songs so that you can hear exactly what it sounds like, what you really need to be looking for in these tracks so that you can understand the true value of the speaker. So I can't just spatial audio my Alvin and the Chipmunks record. (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be a nightmare. Amanda, do you have an Alvin and the Chipmunks record? I used to. It was my mum's. Like she had this whole record collection that, and we had this really dinky old record player that we used a bit. And I just remember that one. And then we turned all the other ones into Alvin and the Chipmunks too by upping the RPM. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's mean. I suppose any album's an Alvin and the Chipmunks album on the right RPM, right? Yeah. <laughs> one of the good things about the Era 300 as well is that you can use it as part of your multi-channel surround sound system for your TV. So these ones in particular are designed to be on little speaker stands behind you and be directed diagonally towards you. And they are compatible with a few other products. I did ask Sonos if they were compatible with other brands for your surround sound multi-channel system for your home theatre. Are they? They are not. Uh. (laughs) They will finally connect to my turntable, but I can't hook them up to my Samsung or LG soundbar, unfortunately. Yeah, the thing about investing in like a brand new big fancy speaker is that if you've got like other speakers from other brands already, like if they're not compatible, then it's like you have to get a whole new setup and you may as well just not because that's a lot of money. I really think with Sonos, you just have to commit. Sonos is like the, I am upgrading from my okay speakers to my real good speakers. And I'll probably never buy another set of speakers again for the rest of my life. (laughs) You're getting locked into the ecosystem. (laughs) They're actually trying to make that a little bit easier as well. So, you know, there's been just this constant trend over the last 10 years or so, I'd say of, oh, hey, it's a new year, buy a new speaker. Oh, hey, it's a new year. There's a new speaker. We're going to make your old speaker not work as well anymore. Like just things aren't built to last as well as they used to, I think has been a big complaint about tech for a long time. I'm complaining about that. I want my stuff to last for (laughs) years. I want to pass down my tech to my children. It should. (laughs) Well, One of the really good things about these particular Sonos speakers is that they're built to be serviced. So they're not using any glues or adhesives to hold all of the components and plastics together. They've transitioned to screws. Love screws. Yeah, right. So that you can have it pulled apart by an authorized repair person, of course, (laughs) and have it fixed and it not fall to pieces in the process. Like they actually want you to fix it. And they've also been made with post-consumer recycled plastic and they're packaged in 100% sustainably sourced paper. And they've also been engineered to reduce power consumption. So there's under two watts of idle power consumption while it's not being used. So mine's connected all the time now. I walk past my turntable, that little Bluetooth light is just on constantly. But while that speaker is idling, it's only using two watts of power. It's using hardly anything at all, which is great. That's good because I find so much guilt comes with like gadgets. (laughs) I'm like, this thing's going to break in a couple of years. I'm going to have to throw it away. (laughs) It just feels bad. But if I can repair it, if I know it's made with sustainable or recycled materials, if it's not using as much power, it feels a little less like I am actively strangling the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Sonos are on an absolute mission to make you feel as good as possible for dropping this amount of cash on a speaker. (laughs) (laughs) 
I wanted to talk about a couple of charging pads that I've tried out recently. Ooh, charging pads. Nice. So the kind that you put on your desk, the kind that you travel with, bit of both? Both. Ooh, nice. I like this. <laughs> so they're both by this brand called Mophie. The first one I wanted to talk about is their Snap Plus multi-device travel charger, which I used on my trip to Japan, which I will not stop talking about. I've become one of those people. <laughs> I am very much here for you talking about your trip to Japan. I am curious about what the snap element of this is because it sounds really satisfying. Well, I'm not sure the snap really means much aside from maybe the fact that it has a magnetic pad so your phone can just like magnetize to it. Snap on. Yeah. So this is basically two wireless charging pads with a USB-C port and a USB-A port. And all of it folds up into this little cube. Oh, well, Actually, cube's not quite correct because it's not as thick as a cube. It's a thin, <laughs> thin thing. So it's a rectangle then. It folds up into a rectangle. <laughs> I love You've just gotten completely hung up on the geometry of this description. I want to be accurate. <laughs> And it is not a cube. <laughs> what is a 3D rectangle called? A oblong? It's not an oblong. Oblong feels like it's long. Anyway. It's a cuboid. It's a square from the top. It looks like it's a square, but it's not. No, wait, it is. It's called a cuboid. I'm, I've gotten confused now. <laughs> so this uh, cube and or cuboid shaped charging snap situation, how'd you find it? Well, I was quite excited to try it out. The idea is that you can charge all your devices just using this little unfolding pad thing. And it comes with a little oblong felt pouch that you can put in there. And it's got <laughs> the wires that you can charge and put it in there. And it seems like, oh, just keeping everything together neat and efficient. Yeah, which is what you want when you're traveling. You don't want to be rummaging around at the bottom of a giant bag for cables and charging and whatnot. Yeah. Having it all in one place is really good. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't quite do what I was hoping it would do. Oh, no. What happened? Well, firstly, because you have that pouch, which everything that comes with it fits neatly in there, there's not really room for additional wires. So I found ah. that I still wanted a normal wire when I was on the plane because I can't really use the charging pad on the plane. You kind of want the actual wire to charge your phone. Yeah, you don't want to be balancing this on your lap while you're flying along. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in economy, a normal pleb like me, then you're not going to have anywhere to plug it in anyway. No full PowerPoints like Tegan up in business or first class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's going to get first class soon. We're going to have to hear all about that too. Mm, that should be me. <laughs> it should be all of us, Amanda. And the other thing is that if you have an Apple Watch, this pad doesn't supply a charger with that uh, either. So you have to plug it in separately and that's another wire that you have to yeah. carry. So I ended up trying to cram those wires into the carry pouch with the charging pad and it just... It felt bad. I was just, you know, just shoving stuff in there. It wasn't the neat, like, aesthetic, convenient experience that I was hoping it would be. You didn't just want to put the cables somewhere else. You wanted them all to be in the one place. The whole point is that everything's together and neat. And if everything isn't together and neat, then what's the point? Why am I doing this? Why are we here? 
So what is the oblong pouch that it comes in made out of? It's just like a grey felt. I have a plan. Create a pocket on the grey felt for the additional cables. You want me to do sewing? (laughs) Sew a little pocket. Ray, I'm not going to do sewing. (laughs) Do some craft, Amanda. (laughs) I feel like I'd be violating the sanctity of the pouch. And I don't want to, it's like how I was too nervous to like actually use coloring in books when I was a child. I didn't want to ruin it. Oh, Amanda, you got to get over that. No one's going to die if you color outside the lines. You're allowed to sew a pouch on this pouch. There was someone who was highly paid to design this pouch and wants it left (laughs) exactly as it is. And it does not serve the purpose that you want out of it. So you're allowed to modify things to suit you and your needs. I don't. I don't know if I am. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> oh, Amanda. The other thing about this device that I wasn't exactly wild about is that while, yes, you can unfold it on your hotel bedside table and charge your phone, charge your earphones, the phone attaches to the charging pad like it's magnetized, which is useful for making sure it's positioned where it needs to be. Less useful when you want to pick it up and you have your AirPods charging on the other pad because the thing is light enough that it'll just lift up and your AirPods will just slide off. (laughs) So you're just making a right mess of this whole thing, aren't you? You're just wanting this neat, curated, beautiful, aesthetic travel life. Yeah. And you've got jumbles of cords and things falling over all over the place. I want it to be the aesthetic travel lady who has everything in order and knows exactly what she's doing. And instead, I was cramming in wires where they didn't want to be (laughs) and rumbridging around beneath my bed for my... AirPods. You were the jumble goblin instead. Yeah. I mean, this might be okay for someone who doesn't have an Apple Watch or a smartwatch, so doesn't have to worry about that charging thing. And I'm not really sure how you get around the other issue. I mean, maybe people would be less bothered than me by how light it is and how things kind of slide off. I guess it's maybe for someone who's more mindful than me, because when I'm, <laughs> I want to pick up my phone, I just roll over. I'm like, Ugh, I fumble around, I grab it, and yeah. things all slide off. But if someone's the type of person who's like, oh, hello, good morning, I'm going to wake up and not even look at my phone. I'm going to go and stretch in the sun, and I'm going to pick up my phone in maybe an hour when I feel like I am ready to face the world. Maybe that person would like it. I feel very seen by this characterization, Amanda, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> Yeah, I look, I would be the kind of person that would simply put their other hand on the charger while lifting their phone. No, so. not me. <laughs> You're like, no, one-handed use only. Exactly. Sleeping use only. No thought. Yeah, I don't want to be thinking when I'm picking up my phone. That's not what phones are designed for. <laughs> oh, oh, a truer thing has never been said. So how much does this thing cost? Is it cost effective? Well, I would say not. It's $180. Oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. For a charging pad. Well, it can charge four things at once. You know what? It is good to be able to charge four things at once. That's pretty good, actually. That's not bad for charging capacity. I'd be willing to overlook some other issues that you've had 
for that kind of charging capacity, to be honest. Because you're a greet the morning sort of person. Because I simply either use products the way they're intended to be used or I modify them to suit my needs. I was using it the way it was intended (laughs) to be used. (laughs) You want it to be able to be used in the way that you live. Yeah. And that's fine. That's why reviews are subjective. (laughs) But yeah, I think next time I'm probably just going to take a bundle of wires and a little pouch. I will help you sew a pouch. We can knit you a pouch. I want to learn to knit. I will teach you to knit. We will knit little cable pouches. Yeah, I want to knit some headbands. Headbands and cable pouches. (laughs) Fortunately, I had a better experience with the other charging pad I tried out, the Mophie Snap Plus 4-in-1 wireless charging mat. Oh, okay. Wait, what's the other one called and why? I can't remember the difference. The other one was a travel charger. This one is one that stays home with you. Oh, this is the one that you're not rummaging around like a rummaging goblin trying to find bits for. Yeah. This one, I just set him up in his little home and he lives there (laughs) and he's happy there. And you like it. Yeah. So this is a pretty big charging pad that can charge three phones at once. And it has a USB-A port and a detachable Apple Watch stand. So you put your own charger in there, plug it in. And you can stick your little watch there. So does your watch like hang on it or is it just laying there? It stands up. So it's a little stand that'll make the screen face, I guess, you face outwards. So you can like walk past it and use it as a clock. I love everything about this so far. This is fantastic. This sounds really organized and neat and functional. Yeah. So what I did was I set it up at a central location in my home because My dad has a tendency to plug in his phone to charge by the stairs and then just sit on the stairs with his phone. Okay. Everything I learn about your dad continues to build a picture of a man I did not expect to ever exist. (laughs) (laughs) He's a unique man. He is. We love him. We do. (laughs) So I put this pad thinking it could be like a central charging location for everyone in the household's phones, and then maybe they wouldn't sit on the stairs playing on their phone while it's charging. (laughs) I'm happy to report that people are using it. I'm walking past it and seeing there are phones, and you can just like slap your phone down there and it'll charge. It's really super convenient It keeps everything organized. I will say that I do wish it had something to wrap my Apple Watch charger's cord around because there isn't really anywhere to hide it. So that is just kind of dangling on the back there. Yeah. But overall, I'm quite happy with it as a central hub for phone charging. That's really nice. It's like a build it and they will come type situation where you're like, I'm going to put this here. Yeah, exactly. It's That's exactly what it was. It's like you see those YouTubes where people are building a wetland or something and they, they build <laughs> yes. the wetland and then the geese come and the birds come and the deer come. <laughs> We're like, we hope the ibises return to their natural habitat yeah. once we build this wetland and then you see the ibises return and you're like, yay, they're out of the bins. Yeah. Your dad is out of the bin. <laughs> Well, I will say that he does still sit on the stairs, (laughs) only he doesn't charge his phone while doing it. 
He just sits there. He's gotten so used to sitting on the stairs that he just goes back to the stairs. Yeah. Why? Is it comfortable? Why? I guess so. He seems to like it there. That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bizarre zoo animal. And here is his stairs. He likes sitting on those. <laughs> we tried to modify his behavior to move him away from the stairs, but he goes back to the stairs. <laughs> But overall, I'd call it a success. It is a little pricey. Ooh. $250. Oh, wow. That's even more. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So as a social experiment, I could say that this gadget has kind of half worked. <laughs> People are using it, but it hasn't overall modified the behavior that you were hoping to modify. <laughs> so... I don't know. I think if you're treating it as a general household thing that everyone in the family can use, might be worth it because it's also kind of a base for lost phones or where's my phone? Good chance it's on the charging pad, you know, like keeps things a little bit organized. But again, that'll depend on how many people in your family, general behavior, how people treat their phones, that sort of thing. How fancy you are. How fancy you are. How much credit card deck you're willing to rack up. Yeah. <laughs> how much disposable income you have for charges. Yeah. I think if you're in the market for a charger and you're willing to splash the cash, it sounds like this is a good choice. But for the everyday person, it's like, mm. ah, I'm just going to plug mine into the wall. It'll be fine. <laughs> it might be suitable for the everyday person if they were like, flush with cash and had a big family or a lot of friends coming around all the time and wanted a base to put people's phones. <laughs> you know what they need to do? They need to make these cooler. They need to make them like a status symbol with some iconic branding or like just some really good clever marketing so that people see them as a an esteemed luxury aspirational item. Honestly, I feel like charging pads like this could be that in terms of marketing it towards people who want to make their households aesthetic as opposed to having wires everywhere. They just want mm. that flat surface and it looks like no one lives here and that's what we aim for. <laughs> I just hide all my wires behind furniture strategically every day and then pull them back out to use them. Oh, my cable <laughs> management is terrible. I really, really need to get on top of that. It's like a rat's nest mm. there. All right. We're going to have to do a, a cable management episode in the future where we've tested out a whole bunch of snaps and tapes and... It'll be just half an hour of all of you shaming me. <laughs> I think it might. I think it might. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's all we've got time for for this episode of Queens of the Drone Age. No time to further shame you, Amanda. I'm sorry, but thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. Just a reminder that the Queens of the Drone Age does abide by the MEAA Journalist Code of Ethics. 
So that means that anything that we say on the show is our honest opinion, which is editorially independent and absolutely not for sale. This episode was edited by Sam Blacker at the Podcast Butler, and our show art and branding is by Taya Godson. If you like what we do, please leave us a review and a rating and share us with a friend. And if you'd like more information about anything that we've talked about on the show, if you'd like some links to the products we're discussing, if you'd like some more information about the songs that you should be listening to to hear really good spatial audio, you can head to queensofthedroneage.com for our show notes, or you can also subscribe to our Patreon. That's going to give you access to our weekly newsletter. It's full of tips and tricks and articles, and it also lets you into our exclusive Discord, where you can ask us lots of questions and also ask our community lots of questions as well. They've got some good answers between them. Go in there and talk to me about MasterChef. (laughs) Yeah, go on. Join our Patreon so that you can go in the Discord so that Amanda's got someone to talk to about MasterChef. It's a good show. (laughs) We're going to start you a MasterChef channel in the Discord, Amanda, just so you've got people to talk to about it. (laughs) Watch it. A huge thank you to everyone who's become a patron so far. You are the crayons to my colouring book, and it does not matter if you go outside the lines. We'll see you in the future. Well, I wanted to talk about some gadgets. No, not gadgets, one gadget. (laughs) 